Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Okay, welcome everyone. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's an honor to have you. And um, I I hope I can make this, uh, help this to be well-spent time for you. To give you a little something to think about, uh, to challenge you a little bit. And maybe to give you something practical to uh, do this week to improve your life. And, and first of all, let me apologize. If I sound like I have a frog in my throat, it's because I kind of have a frog in my throat. Um, when I was young, I had allergies, terrible allergies all the time. I took, uh, if any of you are old enough to remember the old contact um, allergy tablets, antihistamines. Um, I took those all the time. I, I took one every day and then I took Actifed when Actifed came out and all that. And uh, through um, a lot of alternative work, homeopathics, nutrition, energy work, the healing codes, uh, my allergies have almost completely healed. I don't have any of that stuff anymore. But every once in a while, when winter changes to spring, I will get uh, an allergy thing. And I've got it right now. So I feel a whole lot better than I sound. I really uh, am fine. Uh, But I have a sort of allergy frog in my throat. So I'll do my best to get through this. Um... The teaching for today is, uh, Johanna was correct, tragedy is more optimistic than comedy. And that's a quote, and I'll explain that in a minute and tell you who the quote is from. But have any of you heard the phrase, the unexamined life is not worth living? My guess is that you have. That was, um, that's a direct quote from Socrates It was actually uttered in uh, his trial where he was sentenced to death. And that was sort of his uh, thing. I would rather die than live a different way. And that way was the unexamined life is not worth living. One of my favorite t-shirts I've ever seen of all time is the t-shirt with Albert Einstein's face with his tongue stuck out. Probably every one of you have seen that. And underneath it is that quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, I wish I'd bought one of those when I saw them one time, but I didn't. But anyway, it may be my favorite t-shirt that I've ever seen. So the spiritual law for today is tragedy is more optimistic than comedy. And, and let me share with you where this came from. Uh, many of you in the, ni- in the United States and some of you outside of the United States probably are familiar with the name Arthur Miller. 
Arthur Miller was one of the most famous American playwrights, writing basically Broadway plays. Some of them were turned into movies of all time. Uh, he wrote The Death of a Salesman. He wrote The Crucible, uh, many others. Both of those have been made into uh, mainstream uh, major, uh, major movies. And Death of a Salesman is a, is a very interesting um, play. Uh, the, the inspiration for it came from a relative of Arthur Miller's. And uh, the play, when it was first released in Broadway, uh, according to many eyewitnesses, and I've researched this a little bit, when the play ended, people did not applaud at first. In fact, there was dead silence. And men could be seen bending over with their head in their hands, weeping. And people talked in whispers. Now, after a number of showings, and it had been written about in the paper and all that sort of thing, people started applauding when it ended, and the, and the applause was thunderous, and they would not stop applauding. Uh, another interesting thing is that medical doctors who um, worked in New York City uh, after Death of a Salesman started to run, uh, acknowledged a dramatic spike in women bringing their husbands into the emergency room because they'd been crying all night, which had never happened before in, in, in their marriage, their relationship, etc. And when Arthur Miller was asked about all this stuff, as to why do you think it had this kind of effect on people, he said, well, I think the play nailed them. In other words, I think the play um, was a visual representation, an experience of how they felt about themselves internally. And the play is about a maybe older middle-aged man looking at the end of his life coming up in the not-too-distant future and weighing the meaning and worth and value of the life that he had lived and coming to the conclusion that there was no meaning, purpose, value in the life that he had lived. He had missed what was most important in life and now he was out of time. And the ripples of that flowed all over New York City with people that came to see that play as the play forced them, maybe many of them for the first time, to look at their own life, to look at themselves internally, maybe for the first time. And it was about this that Arthur Miller said, tragedy is more optimistic than comedy because tragedy forces you to look internally at yourself from a value, meaning, and worth perspective. Um, I watched a movie recently. I, I love movies. I've been a, 
I've been a movie buff all my life. And I watched a movie recently called The Game with uh, Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. And it's a very unusual movie, a very interesting movie to me. And the movies that I like the most are the ones that make me think, the ones that make me reevaluate something in my life. And this movie did that. In, in the movie, Michael Douglas is a multimillionaire investment uh, guy in San Francisco, California, who came from money. His dad was a very wealthy investment guy and has everything you could ever want in life. Big mansion, great car, incredible clothes, eats the, at the finest places, can afford anything his heart desires. But his brother, who's played by Sean Penn, starts to notice that his brother has lost the joy of life. He, he's lost the meaning and purpose of life. And it's become so routine and so much about money that it has changed his brother into a person that, that he didn't like and that he didn't think his brother even liked. But he, he, through years, had kind of gotten into this routine and finally gotten himself into a double bind where he had really lost his meaning and purpose in life and everything was about money. So Sean Penn hires this company to basically perpetuate a fraud on his own brother. And the fraud is to make him believe that someone has stolen all of his money, has framed him for murder, for drug charges, all kinds of stuff, and has kidnapped him, left him in Mexico with no money, no passport, no anything, basically having lost everything that's important to him, he thought, all the money and stuff, in his life. And the way the movie ends is... The Michael Douglas character becomes so distraught at the meaninglessness of his life that he literally tries to commit, to commit suicide by jumping off a building. <clears throat> In the movie, this also was part of the plan. They believed that they would get him to that point where he would jump off this exact building trying to commit suicide. And so when he did do that, there was this big air cushion at the bottom and he landed safely and then everyone let him know that none of it was true, all his money was still there, nothing bad had really happened. But his brother said, I just couldn't sit by and watch you, and I'm paraphrasing here, miss out on everything that's most important in life. And the character, Michael Douglas, wept, hugged his brother, and told him from the heart, thank you. Thank you so much. And reading between the lines, you kind of see that he's never going to be the same again because of this experience. In other words, what they did in the movie was they manufactured 
a near-death experience, which is fascinating to me. I did a thesis on near-death experiences one time. And almost everyone that has ever been through a near-death experience is changed for the rest of their life in a way that nothing else will change. In fact, a lot of times their personality even changes. They go from introverted to extroverted, or from extroverted to not extroverted, or whatever. And, and a lot of people will tell you nothing can change your basic personality. But it happens all the time in near-death experiences. Well, I'm not suggesting you manufacture a near-death experience, okay? Although, that might be better than the alternative of ending up at the end of your life um, with, with no meaning and purpose, okay, and, and crushed with regret. But what I am suggesting is that you've got to examine yourself internally. Socrates was right. The unexamined life is not worth living. Tragedy forces you to look inside. Comedy distracts you from what's inside. Okay? And, and if you've heard me very much, you know that what I call love substitutes are a distraction from the real thing. And you'll get addicted to love substitutes and then end your life having never experienced consistently the real thing, which is the only thing that will truly satisfy. So what I'm challenging you to do this week is, is to examine yourself internally. Do a spiritual heart and conscious mind CT scan MRI. Okay, go sit under a tree, go for a walk and say, okay, if my life were to end up end today or tomorrow or a week from now, would I be satisfied that, that I've lived my life with meaning and purpose and have prioritized what I needed to prioritize and, and, um, and not done the things that would violate those priorities? Or am I like, oh my goodness, no, I've, 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 I've got to change some things fast. And if your life was going to end a week from now or a month from now, would you totally do a 180 and change those things? My guess is many of you would, because I've seen it over and over and over for 30 plus years as I've worked with people at the end of their life. Well, let me encourage you, pray about doing it now. And I'm not, I, I, you know, not going to pray on the thing, you know, you could be hit by a bus tomorrow. But what I am saying is, if your answer to those changes is always, yeah, I'm going to change stuff to get in line with my meaning and purpose and priorities, but I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it next week, or I'll give this thing up. I know I need to give this thing up, but I'm not going to give it up today. Well, chances are you will keep saying those things until 10, 20, 30 years have passed and you are toward the end of your life and you have still violated your own priorities 
and lost some of your meaning and purpose for the life you have lived. And I'm telling you, there's not much in life that is more crushing than that. When it's realized toward the end of life, when there's not much time left. And that's exactly what those people who went to see Death of a Salesman experienced in New York. Exactly what Socrates was talking about. Exactly what the movie with Michael Douglas was trying to get across. If you don't live your life for the right meaning, purpose, and priorities, which is love and the things that come from love, you are going to end up in a bad place, guaranteed. And at that time, you would give anything and everything to be back where you are now, still having some time to change and live the life that you believe is right for you. So I would encourage you this week to really extra, double, maybe maybe. Double, if, if you normally pray and meditate, maybe double it this week about this issue. And look inside. Examine your life. Think about what are my priorities? What, what, what is the meaning and purpose of life that I want to embrace and, 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 and that's how I want to live my life. That's, that's how I want to feel about myself and the people that I love and care about and the life I've lived when I get to the end of my life or toward it. Okay? So, and, and of course, get out the codes because a lot of times you can't just change these things. They're too ingrained. A lot of them... A lot of these anger issues, a lot of addiction issues, a lot of self-worth and identity issues, unforgiveness issues are passed down generation to generation to generation. So trying to change those things just by willpower rarely works. That's why in the movie he had to go to all of this extravagant means to create this near-death experience for his brother. I'm sure his brother had thought a thousand times, you know, I don't really have much joy in my life anymore. In the movie, he went back and apologized to his ex-wife and said, you were right to leave me. I ignored you. I shut you out. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Okay? So, a lot of times, just thinking, okay, I need to change, can't do it. But instead of a near-death experience, maybe... Use the codes. Use the master key. Use the heart screen meditation. Use the love code. Maybe the love code more than anything else. And allow those, those programs inside you that keep just running over and over and over and over and over and causing you to do the same thing over and over expecting re different results, which never happens. Definition of insanity. You can heal those things without a near-death experience. So pray about it. Work on it. Your, your life may depend on it. 
at least the end of your life when you look back and you either smile or are crushed with regret.